Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Our Worst. I'm Katie. And I'm Becky. <laughs> She gave me a hand. I was like, and <laughs> this is your line. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> Today we are talking attachment theory. Mm. I put a little poll up on our Instagram because we have an Instagram now. We have joined the interwebs and I put up a little poll on our Instagram asking you what topic you would like to hear us speak about. And a lot of you wanted to hear about attachment. And this is a subject that I have delved headfirst into over a number of years. And it's such an interesting one because it allows us to understand ourselves so much better, why we are the way we are, why we are attracted to certain people, why our relationships look a certain way. In every area of our life, attachment comes into it, any kind of relational dynamic. So I want to know your experience first, Beck, with attachment theory. We sort of spoke about this before we clicked record. Uh, yeah, what? Do, how much do you know about it? What's your experience with it been like? And then I guess I can sort of explain the different types and delve into that side of things. Yeah, so I actually haven't done a lot of work on attachment theories, but I think from doing a bit of work before this podcast, it is pretty much what I do as a job and how I help people and what we look at with the patterns and the thoughts and the feelings and the learnt behaviors and the traumas. And I think it, it is wrapped up very much in what I do as a job. So although I don't know really each category and where they sit and what you've been through to become that category as such, I know it's, I'm not, we're not putting everyone in boxes here, guys, but it does kind of ring true to everything that I do with my clients that I have learned along the way that I do as a career. So I'm kind of like just stepping into it and I'm very aware of my own attachment style and I'm working very hard on that right now actually, which has been quite nice because I've really started to see changes within the styles, which I know we'll get onto and how we can move out of having that attachment style. But yeah, I'm a bit of a newbie. She's a little newbie. I am a seasoned professional, <laughs> seasoned anxious gal. Actually, no, I will get onto our own attachments in a minute, but um, there's been a lot of interesting, interesting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> what's go that on. Word? Here we go again. <laughs> interesting. Uh, just sort of like where you have light bulb moments or just interesting things that have been coming out recently. I cannot mm. think of the word I'm looking for, but anyway. That was a pointless little 10 second segue. I hope you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm going to dive into what the four different attachment styles are. So for those of you who are like, what the fuck is attachment theory? I'm going to walk you through it really briefly about what it is. It's obviously quite a complex thing, but essentially we learn how to attach ourselves or not to attach ourselves to people in our formative years based upon our primary caregivers. And based upon the experiences that we have with both, say, if it's a, a you know, if we're going really heteronormative here, if you're going to look at your relationship with your mum or your dad or whoever it was that raised you, and it could be multiple people, you are going to learn how to be relationally to other people. So there are four different attachments, attachment styles, and those are secure, anxious or anxious preoccupied. Avoidant, who are also known as dismissive avoidant, and anxious avoidant, who are also known as fearful avoidant. Now, secure attachment is the one that I suppose 
we all would love to be in that category. <laughs> category. And secure attachment styles or people with a predominant, because it has to, we need to emphasize on here as well, actually, that we're not all one or the other. You're not just all secure. I mean, I've never met someone who is totally 100% secure in every relationship in their life and their relationship with themselves, nor have I ever met anyone who is completely avoidant in every single area of their life. So we're not always fitting in one certain category. We will have elements of them inside each of us. But secure attachments or people with a majority of a secure attachment, uh, they are comfortable with intimacy. They're not worried about rejection or they don't get too preoccupied with the relationship. It doesn't take up it doesn't overly take up too much brain space, essentially. Um, So they find it easier to get close to others. They're comfortable depending on other people and have them depend on them. And they don't worry too much about being abandoned. So they don't have that fear in them, that anxiety in them. So they're low on avoidance and they're low on anxiety. Someone with an anxious attachment style, so anxious, preoccupied, they are low on avoidance, but they are high on anxiety. Surprise, surprise. So these people crave closeness and intimacy, but they can become quite insecure about their relationship and they really want that intimacy. But when they do get close, they worry that they will be abandoned. And sometimes that need for closeness and that fear of abandonment can actually push people away. So that's the anxious attachment style. The avoidant attachment style, they are high on avoidance, low on anxiety. So these people are the commitmophobes of the world, if you will. So they are uncomfortable with closeness. They are very independent and they value freedom very highly. And they're not codependent at all. So to the point where we want to be interdependent in our relationships. We don't want to totally rely on other people to match, to find, you know, to suit all of our needs, or to meet our needs rather. But at the same time, we don't want to be completely independent to the point where we never need to rely on anybody else. We don't need other people because that's not healthy either. We're social beings. So these people definitely swing more towards, I don't need other people. I'm happy by myself very independent, very, very independent. So these people actually find it uncomfortable being close to others. They find it hard to be vulnerable and they are the people that are most likely to pull back once they do become vulnerable with people. And finally, the anxious avoidant, which is also known as the fearful avoidant, high on avoidance, high on anxiety, all the good shit. (laughs) They are uncomfortable with intimacy and they worry a lot about their partner's commitment and love. Uh, So they're a nice little cocktail of both the anxious and the avoidant. So they want closeness. They also fear abandonment. They might run away. It's a bit of a mix of things. So they worry they'll get hurt if they get close to people. So that is a nice little wrap up of the attachment styles. So you'll probably hear elements of yourself in, in those things, in the, the descriptions that I've just read out. Beck, what is your attachment style? Because we've both done the attachment style test, which we'll leave a link to that in the show notes. It's a it's an interesting insight into yourself. Yeah, so I actually come up as the anxious avoidant, the fearful avoidant, which I can see in a lot of relationships that I have that are not me and Jack, which is funny because I don't see mm. it as much with the, the relationship within me and Jack. I do see it with a lot of friends that I have with team members that I hire, with other people that are not in that, in my kind of very, very close inner circle. Um, so it was quite funny for me to see because I was like, oh yeah, I, I really do see that behavior a lot. 
Um, but I don't tend to feel it as much with Jack, which is weird. But do you feel secure with Jack? For sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. And that's the amazing thing about attachment theory. If you're with someone, so say, for example, right, you're fearful avoidant. And if you were with someone who had an avoidant or a predominantly avoidant attachment style, they would trigger your anxiety and they would trigger your avoidance. So you would be more likely to retreat and feel really insecure. But because you're with someone who I don't know Jack at all, actually, I've never met him except on FaceTime, <laughs> but <laughs> but. It sounds like he potentially has a secure attachment style, which means you feel safe in that relationship and mm-hmm. he doesn't bring out that anxious avoidance side of you, yeah, which is amazing. Sure. So people yeah. can actually make you swing more one way or the other. So if you're with someone that's secure, you're more likely to feel more secure. Yeah, nice. for definite. And I think that's, I really saw that because in a, my previous relationship, I was very much what you had just described because mm. of how he was. So you know, it's, it's, and I think that's why I'm like, wow, that feels very different to me. And it feels very different to me now. Um, and it was really weird actually, because I was just as we were starting to record, I was like, oh, Jack's been like, uh, like has gone to work and I haven't thought about, you know, messaging him and seeing if he's okay. Or, you know, like how I used to being like, oh, well, it's been four hours and he hasn't met. It's been 30 minutes and he hasn't messaged me. Like, I just don't, (laughs) that doesn't even compute in my head anymore. And I just had like a little giggle to myself and I was like, okay, yeah, like that, that is an example of feeling very secure within that. And that doesn't mean that we have conversations that are difficult. And there is times where I'm like, you know, this, this and this and this, but it has allowed me to feel very, very different in a relationship, more different than I've ever felt in any relationship that I've had. So stunning, so stunning. And it's so nice when you are like, oh my God, I'm not so preoccupied. Like Mm. someone is bringing out a really secure side of me. How lovely. lovely feeling. (laughs) It's only took 30 years. (laughs) How great. We got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. Honestly, it is a roller coaster ride. It's a jungle out there, kids. Stay safe. (laughs) So, I am. I did this test recently. I've done it a few times and always come back with slightly different results. And depending on obviously where I am, and uh, also the work I've done on myself has Mm. changed my attachment style a lot. I used to be very anxious, Mm. and. I had a few experiences that brought that out of me. I dated a few people who I now know were on on the avoidant side of things and it just exacerbated my anxiety. And I still can get anxious, absolutely. And I did the test recently and I got 54% secure and then I got 46% anxious, Mm -hmm. which is actually what I expected. I I did feel like... I'm a nice little split between the two because day to day, I would say I'm a confident person. I'm a secure person. However, I can be triggered in relationships. I'm mainly pertaining to uh, romantic relationships because with my friends, no anxiety whatsoever. Anyone else, no anxiety whatsoever. It is always, uh, it comes out most in romantic relationships with me. So if I am dating someone and they they pull back or they there's a change in behavior or something like that, I then become anxious, preoccupied, mm-hmm. and it will consume too much of my mind. You know, if they if someone has been pretty consistent and then all of a sudden for like three days they start pulling back and their behavior is a bit different, 
I become quite anxious and it's like mm. my, my nervous system is on high alert. So I can be hypervigilant sometimes because of the previous experiences that I've had. But I have done so much work on myself. I am very self-aware and I'm a really good communicator. So in many ways, I present as a secure attachment. And it's quite funny because I actually think people that would have dated me in the past, even though I can be anxious, I don't even think they would know Mm. that I can be anxious because I Mm. think I actually present very securely when I go to have a conversation with that person that might be a bit more difficult. Um, Something that is a tendency for people that are anxious preoccupied is they can actually lack a bit of self-awareness to the point where they might pick fights or take things personally. And I don't do that. Um, So in many ways I do represent the secure attachment. But yeah, I am a nice nice little even split down the middle. I should actually do the quiz because I I've only been told through the therapy that I've had that that's what I I don't know whether it's that fully um I'll do you wouldn't be fully no yeah no there's no way fucking hope not the amount of work when you read the when you read the description Christ (laughs) when you read the description for fearful avoidant it's like the the earth is on fire there's complex trauma and PTSD and I was like like when you said that you were fearful avoidant I was like really I did not think that would be the case so I don't think I'm fully that guys no 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 no. you are quite normal I would like to say not that anyone is not I mean what is normal what is normal Um, but it is interesting isn't it delving into it sorry um I thought it was funny when you said that you come a when people first meet you because I was very shocked when you told me that you used like when you get anxious or that you are anxious or that you you, you've had anxiety and all of that like I was really I remember being like what like you (laughs) like and I think we had that conversation (laughs) didn't we where I was like I just did not think that like on first face value kind of thing so it's true yeah yeah, I definitely do. And I have had, and I hate to label myself, like I wouldn't be no, like, I have I anxiety disorder or anything yeah. like that. But I have definitely experienced anxiety. Um, and it's something I've had to learn how to manage. And I always thought I was a bit of a weird split between the two as well. Um, and in one of my friends did NLP, who's also called Beck, funnily enough. <laughs> and we did a parts integration on this because I was like, I'm really confident and then I can be really anxious. What's that about? Mm. So we did a parts integration on it, which is this technique in NLP, which I don't want to get too technical on everyone. But um, yeah, it is interesting seeing how that's come out. Uh, but I have changed massively. Like I notice now that I'm not as reactive. I'm able to sit with things a little bit more. I don't need, uh, I can sit in the uncertainty a little bit more even if I feel anxious mm, mm. and even if I'm not having a good time, I'm able to sit in that a little bit more. Whereas previously I'd, I would actually, and I mentioned this in the dating episode, I would be anxious. Maybe someone would trigger me, their behavior would trigger me. And I'd be like, Oh, I feel really anxious. I need to get out of this situation immediately. And I would like pull the plug on that, mm. on that relationship or on mm. whoever I was dating at the time. Mm. I'd be like, Nope, can't do this. I was unable to sit with it. And through therapy and through reading and through all the other things, I've uh, I've changed the way I I navigate these these situations. These things. It's been a roller coaster. Yes. <laughs> Loved every minute. It's been a journey. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh. I think I think it's really good to know. I think again with anything like this, it's easy to fall within the labels, and you're like, well, that's just mm. who I am. 
yeah. that's just how I am and it's never going to be the thing like I'm never going to be different and I think like you know with any profile into t- tool <laughs> Where am I from? Cool. Uh, <laughs> becoming Australian. Wowzers. <laughs> All right, um, Kath and Kim. <laughs> that was so weird. Um, with any profiling tool, I think it's really easy to be like, well, you know, I'm red and or I'm green or I'm yellow. And I'm a Leo, therefore I'm yeah. a dick and I can't yeah. help it. It's like, no, hey, Mercury, you're just a dick. Mer- Mercury? <laughs> Mercury retrograde. No, okay, Mercury. Huh? Fuck. Put my teeth back you know there's lots of things to blame however I think there is a space where you can definitely move through change become very aware and I think it's only when you become aware that you start to change your attachment style and that's definitely what's happened to me I think more so from the breakup um, and moving back to the UK I became very aware of why I got myself into those issues and why I've got myself into situations in the past is because of that attachment style and a lot of it comes down to the people pleasing and a lot of it comes down to wanting to be loved and not feeling enough and all of the things that the description says with fearful avoidant um and I think when you know that you know one of the biggest things for me to move out of that has been boundaries and that has been like very hard work for me and learning to say no when I want to say no and being okay if there's backlash because I've said yes to everyone all my life so people are going to be like hang on wait Becky's a yes person now she's saying no you know it's been quite difficult um but I really have started to see the change within that because of that when you say no to people what's the feelings that come up immediately for you what are the fears and thoughts um So I, like one of the biggest, um, I don't know whether, I don't think I could, I don't think I class it as a trauma or a belief or, you know, anything, but I, I crave to be liked. I just always have. And I think that in the performing arts industry and the rejection and the way people talk to you and about you and how I grew up, um, I have like this necessant want to be liked so me saying no opens me up to someone maybe not liking me so it does actually feel quite scary however there's been a couple of instances of recent kind of over the next the last month or so where I have said no to certain things and it's actually felt a lot lighter which has felt nice because I I really can feel the difference in that um but previous I mean I wouldn't have even said no previously so the no (laughs) is kind of almost like I understand why I'm doing this um I can see why I'm doing it because I'm not doing it for someone else you know I did um I did a show last week and I helped out I choreographed for them like it was something that I did previously before I moved to Australia and halfway through the week I was like this is a lesson and the next time we will say no. You know, you like, so life, I, were you? <laughs> I was not loving life. You were not a happy bunny. I was not happy. Um, but like, I think it was just, um, and to reflect, you know, that rehearsal process started back in September of last year. So there's obviously been a lot of, you know, work that I've done on that since now. And now I feel okay to be like, I will not be doing the next one. And that's okay. Um, yeah. or, or ever again. Um, so yeah, I can't remember the question, but it's, oh yeah. Well, how do I feel what when comes I say up, no? What thoughts come up? Yeah. You just worry um, about that, yeah. But yeah, I think it's like worrying about letting people down, people not liking me. I constantly put people before me. So it's like, wow, like I'm putting everyone before myself and that feels mm. scary. So it's more of a, like a scary feeling. 
Yeah. And a fear of abandonment. I think a lot of the wounds that come up for all of these attachment styles is a fear of abandonment because what actually creates these attachment styles is some form of abandonment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because for an anxious person whether or not and guys I had a really good childhood I will say right like there was no yeah so did you loving parents yeah (laughs) like god help me if I had a traumatic one I don't know where I'd be I know. Sometimes I do. I wonder. literally think that I'm like any. I mean, even when I started doing my training, like NLP and stuff, and every time, like people would get up in front of the class and, ex- you know, like really share and be vulnerable with what they've been through, and I'm like, oh my god, like oh, so um, my performing arts teacher told me I was fat. <laughs> There's my trauma, guys. <laughs> like it's. I, I find it really hard to have quote unquote traumas when I haven't been through anything that's that way inclined but I know everything and every small thing and every little thing can be held in the subconscious as a trauma and that's okay like I think knowing that as well like just as a preface to those out there who are maybe similar to us um to know that that's okay as well yeah you don't have to have this hugely traumatic childhood where one parent has literally left the the home or Mm. something like that has happened it doesn't have to be like that it can be and let's be honest as much as our parents love us and when we have children you're gonna fuck your kids up in some way shape or form without meaning to (laughs) honestly the amount of clients that like start to understand how the subconscious mind works especially kids like in in the younger ages they're like oh fuck oh fuck (laughs) fucked my kid up (laughs) what have i done and i'm like no they have to learn these lessons these these make you the people that you are exactly (sighs) exactly and So the way to become, that way that you can become anxious is if you've had a parent perhaps who's like a bit emotionally unavailable, a bit emotionally dismissive, you've kind of gotten used to not being able to rely on somebody 100%. -hmm. Funnily enough, this is the case with the avoidant attachment style as well. So you can kind of go one of two ways. You can become so fearful of being abandoned because maybe you have literally been abandoned as a child maybe one of your parents left or both who who knows what's happened or maybe it's just the case that one of your parents wasn't around very much or one of them was just slightly less emotionally available than the other wasn't very good at um, being consistent in that sense and same with the avoidant so the avoidant attachment learns to rely solely on themselves because they could not completely rely on their caregivers as a child so they learn relying on somebody else is not safe And I have to be completely independent. And if I do get close to somebody, they can leave me and I will never allow that to happen. So that's why they are so fiercely independent. And the anxious is the other way around. They are so desperate uh, for that connection and intimacy and closeness that they can actually almost sometimes scare people away with that because it reeks. (laughs) It reeks. You stank. Nice. It's stanky. Um, but but I really liked what you said earlier about the fact that we're not all one or the other. We're not all just sticking ourselves into boxes because I do sometimes feel like labels are really helpful and labels help us sometimes understand ourselves better and make ourselves feel seen and we can be like, oh, my God, everything's clicking into place. That's why I do X, Y, and Z. That's why I've dated the Bob, Jack, and Phil. That's mm, why great I am the way I am. <laughs> great names. <laughs> great names. <laughs> 
Bob was a bit of an outlier. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> and the 1960s. Though. Jack's a great name, though. We like Jack because that's, that's Beck's boyfriend's name. <laughs> Phil can go fuck himself. Fuck you, Phil. <laughs> but we don't want to be in a box, do we? And I sometimes think we can get overly attached to attachment styles. We can be mm. like, I am avoidant. And it's like, mm. you're not all of something. You're not all one way or the other. Yeah. There's always going to be extremes, of, of course, but we'll and I have think, bits in both. Yeah, and I think sometimes there's, like, a little bit of shame behind it as well. Like, you know, when I read that, I was like, fuck me. Like, is that me, really? Like, yeah, and like, I know I'm that that's not up. me, <laughs> like, yeah. completely. I know that. I can read that. And, you know, I've got I've got it here in front of me, but it says the fearful avoidant, which is, what's the word? What What's the actual name of uh, it fearful avoidant or anxious avoidant anxious avoidant but it's like individuals with fearful avoidant attachment are a combination of the preoccupied and dismissive uh, dismissive avoidance styles of insecure attachment um they believe they're unlovable and also don't trust other people to support and accept them so already you know i trust a lot of people to support and accept me so it's not like i should have any shame around that like yes i have tendencies of a few of these things that they say and actually I know how to navigate that and I know how to get around that and I think sometimes with these sort of things you can it does bring in a lot of shame doesn't it when you first on face value you get it and you're like oh okay I'm the worst one (laughs) you know yeah you're like my competitors like why aren't I in the secure (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're like I came forth (laughs) This cannot happen. I got to the me. participation badge. <laughs> but yeah, so 100%. I think it's I think you can you can take it with a pinch of salt and do it to do something about it. You know, become very aware of where you see it. Just like I said, there's been a handful, uh, five to be exact, things that have happened over the past month, month and a half that have brought in this attachment style. So now I understand, I can see it, I can see it on face value. I know what to do the next time. I know what not to do the next time and actually use it as a tool rather than this is who I am and I'll go and, you know, do something drastic about it. I couldn't think of anything really horrible that I'll do to myself. (laughs) Do something dangerous. Do something. (laughs) Something you guys don't even want to know. But I think, like, I remember reading, actually, here's a good book recommendation and I think this should be mandatory reading for every single human in the world and I wish that that more of this stuff was in schools uh, says every person obsessed with self-development yeah. everyone's like I wish <laughs> this was in the curriculum <laughs> but I do okay I do and there's this book called yeah I'm being serious there's this book called Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller and this was my introduction to attachment and actually I realized that I was a little anxious soul when I was, this is, I was in London, uh, I think I was about 25, 26, around the time of the quarter life crisis and around of the time that I went into therapy for the first time. Mm. It's all coming together, guys. Mm. And I was dating at the time and I went on only two or three dates with this one guy. And I remember like thinking first day I was like oh that was a really good first day had a really nice time he seemed really keen and then we went on a second day and I was like that was a really nice time he seemed really keen and then the inconsistencies started showing and I was so 
I'd had a few bad experiences prior to this person. Obviously, this is not my first Mm. foray into the dating world. Mm. And I could feel his inconsistencies. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I haven't changed any of my behavior. He seems to be a bit off. Um, But I'd only been on two dates with this person. And I was like, this isn't normal. Why am I so anxious? I don't even fucking know this person. Mm -hmm. It it felt ridiculous. Mm. And I was talking to a friend and I was like, why do I feel like this? Like, this is very much a trauma response because I don't know this person. I feel like an abandonment wound wound has come up. And she says, read this book. And so I read Mm. the book Attached and that was when I first discovered attachment theory. And it was like all of these light bulbs went off inside of me. And I realized that not only did I have a predominantly at that stage in my life an anxious attachment, I was dating people that had a predominantly avoidant attachment. Mm. And anxious and avoidance are like moths to a flame to each other. Mm-hmm. They are really magnetized to one another, but they also are very incompatible, usually depending on how self-aware the avoidant is, depending on how self-aware the anxious anxious person is. I'm labeling it very like black mm. and white here just for yeah. ease of explanation. Um, but if you're not very self-aware, it is an absolute fucking shit show <laughs> to date someone with, with those two attachment styles. But they're very drawn to each other. Did you date many avoidant types, do you think? Oh, I mean, let's let's just revert back to every boy who wouldn't call me their girlfriend <laughs> for years. Refer back to episode six, <laughs> dating and other rigmaroles. <laughs> And every single relationship I ever got myself into. Yeah, for sure. Good feeling. (laughs) Feels good. (laughs) Love that for us. Such a fucking nightmare. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I I dated a few of those and I was like, Mm. oh my God. But then you start Mm. to learn what to look out for. And again, I'm not Mm. trying to shame people with an avoidant attachment style. However, they are less likely to want to be in a relationship or get close to people. So they're mm. not <laughs> the best for a, a, someone that can be anxious to date because it just exas- it just brings that side out of you. Whereas what mm. you were saying before, like with you and Jack, he brings out a really secure side of you, which is yeah. very, very nice. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like weird, isn't it? Because it doesn't just have to be in quote unquote relation- love relationships. No, you not know. at all. Um, mm the instances that I've had that I've gone into fearful avoidant have not been with a with Jack they've been with friends and team members and things like that so you know like I Mm. I think it's handy to know yes with your partners and what that looks like or dating or whatever um, but also from the other perspective clients for example yeah. you know clients Definitely or friends people. or you know there's lots there's lots that it can slot into yeah so talk to me more about the friendship side of things with you I know you said that if you said no you were like oh yeah God, they're not gonna like me yeah do you think that is the main way that it came out or do, do you think it for sure manifested for sure. itself in other ways in your friendships yeah, no, I think I think it is just that and and me giving everything and being everything and you know having that there and kind of people learning that and then doing the work and seeing that I no longer want to be like that and I no longer need to be like that um and then having the retaliation of that which is always going to be hard and there's it, there's always going to happen when you've had a certain style of doing things all mm. your life and then it's not um but yeah, like as I read through it, it says, as a result, their behavior may be confusing to friends and family, uh, 
friends and family, confusing to friends and romantic partners. They may encourage closeness at first and then emotionally or physically retreat when they start to feel vulnerable in the relationships. And I do feel like for me, when I read that, I don't think I, um, what's the word that they used? Um, Retreat. Retreat. I don't think I retreat through feeling vulnerable but mm. I really had to think about that. Like, I was like, why do I retreat? Like, why do I feel that pull back? And I do to an extent, um, which which I'll look into. I'll do some work. I'll do the work. <laughs> do the work. work. Um, but like, I think it's, it it is that I encourage the closeness because of like that want and that need to be liked and loved. And then I'm like, and then I got it. I got it. She's got it. I got it. I do that when I'm in that particular attachment style, but because I don't live in that attachment style all the time, when I do feel secure, I don't need that want and love and and I'm okay on my own. So then people are like, wait, hang on. Yesterday she was like wanting me and today she's not messaging me. And I think it's confusing for people who are in my life because of that. That's the answer guys. I got it. That is the answer. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. So Cheers. do you think that do you think that uh when things are feeling good internally for you, yeah. you're more secure. And mm-hmm. when there might be a little bit more chaos externally or internally with you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if sure. you're having an anxious day or something, just for no yeah. reason, sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Then you're very yeah. like, oh, I feel a bit more anxious avoidant. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense in my head now I've worked through it. Because then because then people are like, Well, she needed my help last week and now she doesn't want to know me and it's not that I don't want to know you. I'm just independent and happy. I'm fine. (laughs) Like I feel fine. Um Yes. Yeah. Wow. Penny Mm. drop. Penny drop. That was the quickest doing the work you've ever done. I know. I love it. You're like, I need to do work on it. Oh, I've done it. The art of doing this for the last four years. <laughs> Truly. You get quick. You get quick. So a lot of what comes into attachment theory is how or your ability to communicate your needs and emotions in a relationship. And this could be friendship, family, lovers, whatever. Lovers. Acquaintances, team members, any kind of relational dynamic that we're talking about. And certain types of people struggle with this more than others. So if we're going to put everyone to a nice, neat little box, people that are more secure are usually able to easily communicate or eh, communication, right? I will say this for communication. I'm, I'm a good communicator, but communication, depending on what you're saying, is pretty difficult, even for people that are good communicators, right? Mm-hmm. So even though I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm good at communicating and, I, and I'm and i not afraid to have those conversations. Like sometimes I'll, I'll be like shitting my pants before I have these conversations with people because I'm like, oh, like it's conflict, potential conflict, or I might not get the answer I want to hear or whatever. Um, but they say that, you know, people with more secure attachment styles are able to have those harder conversations and they're able to communicate their needs with a bit more ease. People that are anxious will have that whole like, oh God, if I communicate my needs, they might leave me. They might think I'm too needy. That that real insecure insecure attachment comes out. Avoidance feel like they have to meet all their own needs. So it's very unlikely they'd communicate that anyway. And these are the people that are probably more likely to do like the slow fade or the ghosting. 
unlikely to actually communicate that at all. Mm-hmm. And anxious avoidant would probably be a mix of the two, bit of push-pull mm. and insert back. <laughs> <laughs> We've made you, <laughs> honestly, I'm actually there surprised you're that attachment style. But I, so tell me about the communication piece. I know we've talked about like saying no to people and that can be difficult and things like that. Mm-hmm. But what about communicating your needs in relationships? Like, have you ever had someone, I don't know, like hurt your feelings and, you, and you've had to have a conversation with that or someone's crossed a boundary and you've had to have an open dialogue with that person about that? What are the initial feelings that come up for you? Is it the whole like, oh God, they're going to not like me and this is going to be awkward as fuck I think depending on relationships again yeah it goes back to because like with me and Jack it I find it so easy to go hey I'm feeling kind of this way right now mm-hmm. and it, it might not be straight away you know I might go a bit quiet which is usually what I do I'll go like yeah I'll go a little bit quiet and I tend to do that with a, with a lot of people just so I can have a little check-in Reflect. on myself. I think, yeah, yeah when, when you become so self-aware and be- when you've done a lot of work on yourself, I don't tend to jump into conflict as quick as I used to because I'm like, okay, mm. what is, where is this coming from? Why do I feel that I have to say it? Is it going to be useful for our relationship? Do I need to say, it? is this a me problem or is it actually a them problem? Do we need to have this conversation? So I will have that reflection time. A lot of the time it is something that I've either made up or a story that I've made up in my head, which then again is great because I'm like, okay, let's change that. And now we don't have to have the conversation or ruin the relationship or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, so it depends in relationships. So I find with Jack very, very easy um, to have a conversation with him or, you know, whatever we want to go to Shrewsbury on the weekend and he wants to play golf. And I was a bit like, oh, like, can't we just go early? And then I was like, actually, does it matter? Do I want to stop him playing golf? No. So I didn't say anything and he's playing golf. Then we're going to Shrewsbury. The end. Um But when it comes to other relationships, let's say like friends from the past, um, where I had like that instance when I came back and I, you know, you, you were there when I was saying, trying Mm. to say no to that. And they made it very, very, very hard for me to say no also, just as an FYI. But, um, yes, they were a little bit manipulative, I would say. Yes. Yes. So I think it was, um, I find that hard because again, it comes back to, the necessant need to be liked and the people pleasing which guys like I'm just FYI in this isn't me (laughs) all the time I don't want you to think that I'm like constantly wanting to be liked but it is a habitual belief that I drop into every now and again so it does come up like it does but even you saying even you saying that then (laughs) don't hate me it's like the people what I got I swear I'm normal (laughs) um so yeah, totally. so I think and I'm not that, all anxious yeah. all the time. Like yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. so what I find with me is is that I will avoid till the very last second, and then I'll become anxious to to say the thing, and that's <laughs> what I've done most of my life, um, and it's it pisses time. people off because if it's you know if it's a last minute cancellation or a last minute no or a last minute whatever it is, I know that I know the answer fucking four months ago I knew that but I didn't say it and I think it's that it's that again now I've learned and now I say no and now I listen in and I go actually no I won't want to do this at this point and that's okay and I don't need to explain Mm -hmm. myself it feels much lighter but I was very much that like I would avoid 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 of all costs and then 
boom, the moment that I had to really fucking deal with it, I was like, right, okay. Um, and Let's I found that this. would happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. Uh, I think I am literally exactly what I described with my attachment. So the 54% secure and then mm. the, and then the rest of it anxious. I will get anxious. I'll do similar to what you do. I might sit with it for a little bit, try and understand where this is coming from. Is this a fear response, ego response? Is, is this me actually reacting to what is going on right now? Is this a conversation that I need to have or that I can choose my battles? And if it is a conversation that needs having, I will. I would rather have the conversation and I can present it in a secure way. And by that, I mean... I don't go on the on the attack. I don't go on the defense. I can say things like, say, for example, uh, I was seeing somebody or like, let's use an example of like a friendship and they maybe have said something that hurt my feelings or they said something that I was like, oh, instead of being like, wow, I w- instead of walking away and being like, this is what they meant by this. And then I create a whole story in my head. It's important to be able to go, what did you mean by that comment, by the way? Like, get curious, ask the question, let them explain it. Maybe they didn't mean it to come out the way it meant to come out or whatnot. And to just calmly say, oh, like, look, I'm sure it wasn't meant maliciously, but actually that thing that you said, it did hurt me a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind being a little bit more sensitive around that specific topic, that'd be great. <laughs> and saying things like that, you know, so it's, it's difficult. It's really hard to do, but it's a practice. And the first time, mm-hmm. like you would, like you would with anything, the first time you do something new is always daunting and scary. And you're like, how the hell do I, how the hell do I do this? but you get, you get used to it. And actually the thought of having the conversation in my experience anyway, is always 10 times worse than the actual experience of having the conversation every Every time. time. Yeah. I always come away feeling so much better, even if it's not, even if the conversation didn't necessarily go how I wanted, I, I still at least have clarity and I've communicated clearly how I'm feeling and they've communicated how they're feeling. And the uncertainty is removed, which removes the anxiety for me. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's so powerful, isn't it? It's the practice of that. You know, it's the practice of me saying no. It's the practice of um, saying what I want to say right then and there in the moment rather than waiting four months to say it and then upsetting more people. You know, all of the things that I used to do, like practicing the new way of doing that, practicing the person that I am becoming, that I am stepping into, that I am creating for the higher version of me. Um and it gets easier and easier. You know, you go through the four stages of learning when you're taking anything new on, when you're taking a new attachment, you know, no, we're letting go of attachment theories, but when you're becoming secure. <laughs> we're detaching. Um, <laughs> we're <laughs> detaching from attachment, um, you know, and just give yourself some time, give yourself time to move through it as well, I think is very important. Yeah, I think becoming aware, wanting to change as well. Say if you are, quite avoidant and you're like you know what it'd be actually quite nice to form an intimate relationship with someone and I I do want that because we are wired for connection aren't we human beings aren't wired to be totally independent we're we're pack animals and that's something that all of us on a deep level crave 
But if you do crave that and you're like, oh, I, I do want that or I'm anxious and I want to be less anxious. I want to be less preoccupied with the with whoever I'm seeing or I want to respond differently to my friends if they go out and don't invite, you know, sometimes there's merit to that. But you know what I mean? Mm. Not taking things so personally sometimes when there's no need, things aren't done in, vindic- in a vindictive way. Mm-hmm. So being like, I don't want to be that way. I want to feel more secure. And with building any type of security within yourself and any type of confidence with yourself, it always comes down to self-compassion, self-love, going inward and being like, I need to be able to validate myself. And that's what I've noticed with me. And that's helped me become more secure is that I do a lot to work on my confidence on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And when you put yourself on that pedestal, you then take other people off the pedestal. And this is definitely what I found with people that are a bit more anxious. They often put other people on a pedestal and put their needs, wants and feelings before their own. But -hmm. when you really love yourself and when you have innate confidence within yourself, you can love other people. And of course, you're responsible to a degree for their happiness, but you are mainly responsible for your own happiness. Mm -hmm. And we can't rely on that in order to validate us. So I think that's a huge part of it is that self-awareness piece, the confidence, self-compassion. And for me, that's how how I've moved out of feeling so anxious. And the the scale is definitely tipping more towards being secure, which is, which is nice. It's a good feeling. And yeah. And like the boundaries that become from that, you know, that's been the biggest one for me is, you know, who is in my inner circle? Who am I letting in and who, gets to know everything about me and who doesn't need to know everything about me and what does that look like and you know all of those questions from a boundary perspective really allowed me to stop putting you know I was exactly that I'd put everyone on a pedestal I would do everything for everyone else um Mm. you know hence why I had 30 clients in my diary a week you know all of these things <laughs> but now it's not that and I and you know I run my diary how I want to run it not when my clients want their calls so yes. it's the boundaries You're in touch that with you your put own in needs place. and wants and yeah yeah feels good baby all yeah, right baby. I hope you guys have found this interesting mm-hmm. I think attachment theory is such a big topic and I think also as much as I love it we can get a bit too obsessed with it. And like yeah, you said, like Beck, said, like put labels yeah. on everyone and be like, he's an avoidant. It's like, actually, maybe yeah. he just doesn't like you. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> sometimes it's gift? not about <laughs> labeling everyone. And it's just about, it's a tool that we can use. It's like a Myers-Briggs thing. Mm-hmm. It's a tool that we can use to help understand ourselves a little bit better. Maybe notice if there are behaviors that are a little unhealthy and we want to change aspects of our relationships. Uh, yeah, but... That's attachment theory, baby. Attachment theory 101. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Five star rating. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.